0: Today is day 62 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today we're going to continue in the book of Numbers. We're going to read Numbers chapters 32 and 33. Then we're going to finish off today's reading with Mark chapter 10. So let's get right into it with Numbers chapter 32. The tribes of Reuben and Gad owned vast numbers of livestock. So when they saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were ideally suited for their flocks and herds, they came to Moses, Eleazar the priest, and the other leaders of the community. They said, Notice the towns of Ataroth, Debon, Jazir, Nimrah, Heshbon, Eliela, Sibmah, Nebo, and Beon. The Lord has conquered this whole area for the community of Israel, and it is ideally suited for all our livestock. If we have found favor with you, please let us have this land as our property instead of giving us land across the Jordan River. Do you intend to stay here while your brothers go across and do all the fighting? Moses asked the men of Gad and Reuben. Why do you want to discourage the rest of the people of Israel from going across to the land the Lord has given them? Your ancestors did the same thing when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. After they went up to the valley of Eshcol and explored the land, they discouraged the people of Israel from entering the land the Lord was giving them. Then the Lord was very angry with them, and he vowed, Of all those I rescued from Egypt, no one who is twenty years old or older will ever see the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for they have not obeyed me wholeheartedly. The only exceptions are Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, son of Nun, for they have wholeheartedly followed the Lord. The Lord was angry with Israel and made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation that sinned in the Lord's sight had died. But here you are, a brood of sinners doing exactly the same thing. You are making the Lord even angrier with Israel. If you turn away from him like this and he abandons them again in the wilderness, you will be responsible for destroying this entire nation. But they approached Moses and said, We simply want to build pens for our livestock and fortified towns for our wives and children. Then we will arm ourselves and lead our fellow Israelites into battle until we have brought them safely to their land. Meanwhile, our families will stay in the fortified towns we build there, so they will be safe from any attacks by the local people. We will not return to our homes until all the people of Israel have received their portions of land." But we do not claim any of the land on the other side of the Jordan. We would rather live here on the east side and accept this as our grant of land. Then Moses said, If you keep your word and arm yourselves for the Lord's battles, and if your troops cross the Jordan and keep fighting until the Lord has driven out his enemies, then you may return when the Lord has conquered the land. You will have fulfilled your duty to the Lord and to the rest of the people of Israel. And the land on the east side of the Jordan will be your property from the Lord. But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Go ahead and build towns for your families and pens for your flocks, but do everything you have promised. Then the men of Gad and Reuben replied, We, your servants, will follow your instructions exactly. Our children, wives, flocks, and cattle will stay here in the towns of Gilead. But all who are able to bear arms will cross over to fight for the Lord, just as you have said. So Moses gave orders to Eleazar the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the leaders of the clans of Israel. He said, The men of Gad and Reuben who are armed for battle must cross the Jordan with you to fight for their Lord. If they do, give them the land of Gilead as their property when the land is conquered. But if they refuse to arm themselves and cross over with you, then they must accept land with the rest of you in the land of Canaan. The tribes of Gad and Reuben said again, We are your servants and we will do as the Lord has commanded. We will cross the Jordan into Canaan fully armed to fight for the Lord, but our property will be here on this side of the Jordan. So Moses assigned land to the tribes of Gad, Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh, son of Joseph. He gave them the territory of King Sihon of the Amorites and the land of King Og of Bashan, the whole land with its cities and surrounding lands. The descendants of Gad built the towns of Debon, Ataroth, Aror, Atroth-Shophan, Jazir, Jogbeha, beth, Beth-Nimra, and beth These were all fortified towns with pens for their flocks. The descendants of Reuben built the towns of Heshbon, Eliala, Kiriathayim, Nebo, baal and Sibma. They changed the names of some of the towns they conquered and rebuilt. Then the descendants of Machir, of the tribe of Manasseh, went to Gilead and conquered it, and they drove out the Amorites living there. So Moses gave Gilead to the Machirites, descendants of Manasseh, and they settled there. The people of Jair, another clan of the tribe of Manasseh, captured many of the towns in Gilead and changed the name of that region to the towns of Jair. Meanwhile, a man named Nobah captured the town of Kinath and its surrounding villages, and he renamed that area Nobah after himself. Numbers, chapter 33. This is the route the Israelites followed as they marched out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. These are the stages of their march, identified by the different places where they stopped along the way. They set out from the city of Ramesses in early spring on the 15th day of the first month, on the morning after the first Passover celebration. The people of Israel left defiantly in full view of all the Egyptians. Meanwhile, the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn sons, whom the Lord had killed the night before. The Lord had defeated the gods of Egypt that night with great acts of judgment. After leaving Ramesses, the Israelites set up camp at Sukkoth. Then they left Sukkoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. They left Etham and turned back toward Pi hahiroth opposite baal Zephon, and camped near Migdal. They left Pi hahiroth and crossed the Red Sea into the wilderness beyond. Then they traveled for three days into the... Etham wilderness and camped at Merah. They left Merah and camped at Elim, where where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. They left Elim and camped beside the Red Sea. They left the Red Sea and camped in the wilderness of Sin. They left the wilderness of Sin and camped at Dovka. They left Dovka and camped at Alush. They left Alush and camped at Raphidim, where there was no water for the people to drink. They left Raphidim and camped in the wilderness of Sinai. They left the wilderness of Sinai and camped at Kibroth hattaavah They left Kibroth hattaavah and camped at Hazaroth. They left Hazaroth and camped at Rithma. They left Rithma and camped at Rimon-Perez. They left Rimon-Perez and camped at Libna. They left Libna and camped at Risa. They left Risa and camped at Kehelatha. They left Kahelatha and camped at Mount Shepher. They left Mount Shepher and camped at Harada. They left Harada and camped at Machi Machiloth. They left Machiloth and camped at Tehath. They left Tahath and camped at Terah. They left Terah and camped at Mithkah. They left Mithkah and camped at Hashmona. They left Hamo- Hashmona and camped at Mozeroth. They left Mozeroth and camped at Benajakin. They left Benariekin and camped at Hor Haggidgad. Well, that's a hard one, Hor Haggidgad. They left Hor Haggidgad and camped at Jotbatha. They left Jotbatha and camped at Abrona. They left Abrona and camped at ezean They left Ezean-Geber and camped at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. They left Kadesh and camped at Mount Hor at the border of Edom. While they were at the foot of Mount Hor, Aaron the priest was directed by the Lord to go up the mountain, and there he died. This happened in midsummer on the first day of the fifth month of the fortieth year after Israel's departure from Egypt. Aaron was 123 years old when he died there on Mount Hor. At that time, the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev in the land of Canaan, heard that the people of Israel were approaching his land. Meanwhile, the Israelites left Mount Hor and camped at Zalmona. Then they left Zalmona and camped at Punon. They left Punon and camped at Oboth. They left Oboth and camped at Lai abarim on the border of Moab. They left Lai abarim and camped at Dibon-Gad. They left Dibon-Gad and camped at Almon-Diplathayim. They left Al- Almon Diblathim and camped in the mountains east of the river, near Mount Nebo. They left the mountains east of the river and camped on the plains of Moab beside the Jordan River, across from Jericho. Along the Jordan River they camped from Beth Jeshimoth as far as the meadows of Acacia on the plains of Moab. While they were camped near the Jordan River on the plains of Moab, opposite Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you cross the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, you must drive out all the people living there. You must destroy all their carved and molten images and demolish all their pagan shrines. Take possession of the land and settle in it, because I have given it to you to occupy. You must distribute the land among the clans by sacred lot and in proportion to their size. A larger portion of land will be allotted to each of the larger clans, and a smaller portion will be allotted to each of the smaller clans. The decision of the sacred lot is final. In this way, the portions of land will be divided among your ancestral tribes. But if you fail to drive out the people who live in the land, those who remain will be like splinters in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will harass you in the land where you live, and I will do to you what I had planned to do to them. The book of Mark, chapter 10. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them with a question. What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, He wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. He told them, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, "'Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?' Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God! This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. They were now on the way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him, A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. I pray, Lord, that we would have the faith like Bartimaeus to know that Jesus can heal us of every affliction. Just the faith, Lord. Thank you for your word today. And thank you, my friends, for joining me again today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I pray that you are blessed by today's reading. I know I am. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.